It has been two years since the trade galaxy was shaken to its core by the actions of a single, mismatched, multi-species crew. Whatever you think of the heroes of Yentao, also known as the Space Squad, one thing is certain. All eyes are watching for whatever they do next. The forest parts around a door set into a hill. On the door are two very familiar symbols and they are right here on this door in the woods on your home planet. Beyond the door is a very powerful magical wellspring, a source of enormous strength and energy. Oh no. <laughs> The tree. Do, do you know where it is? Have you ever been back there? What is it? I don't know. Did you know these symbols the whole time? Or did you... How fuzzy was this memory? <laughs> I wasn't really paying attention. I I remember going to the forest. And I remember the courtyard. And the big stone that lit up. But I didn't remember what was on it. And... That last bit hasn't happened yet. And I don't know if that is something we can stop or it just is going to happen and we have to deal with that. Um, I don't know what the tree is. The tree symbol. I, I, whose is that? Where does that belong? Well, I have seen it in a few places. Quite recently, actually, if one of them. I begin to explain what was explained to me about the tree in the Broker's Vault. Oh, in the parchment. What Corel found when they were at the Broker's Vault is they were frantically searching for how, what happened to cause the universe to end or be sent off the rails towards this ultimate ending, this ultimate ending. Um, and they found reference to something called the Dance of the Gods, wherein the Arch Gods are part of a cycle the archgods aren't just gods, they are the universe itself, and they come every now and again, they come to the pantheon to kind of reconnect and recharge, and this is a part of the natural healthy cycle of the universe. And on the parchment that Corel found to, that kind of explained this cycle to them, there was a picture of a meadow of flowers and a hill with a tree on top of it, a tree crowned by stars. So it isn't necessarily a god symbol. It's a place where Teresial and Kavoros went. The symbol of the Pantheon itself, maybe? Quite possibly, or of the, simply the process of the dance in some way. The point is, it's, it's not one god, it's to do with all of them. Lorelei, mm -hmm. the staircase stretches on. Krell, Faraday, Schlurp, um, be ready, I guess, as ready as you can be for this, uh, and I walk forward. You walk forwards and find yourself stopping because there's a little girl standing on the staircase ahead of you, and she's holding a little data pad in her hands and looking up at you with the biggest little kitten eyes, and she just goes, 
Lorelei breaks into a gigantic smile and is like, looks back at Faraday, looks back at the girl and is like, yes, of course we have. Good. And she turns and runs up the stairs. Go on, everyone. We have a play to go to. <laughs> I hope you like catchy songs. <laughs> oh my God. Do I? Incredible. <laughs> They're still in there. <laughs> you chase this little girl up the staircase and then you come to an automatic sliding metal door and suddenly instead of mist you're in this cold metal environment but at the same time there have been digital screens with kids pictures collaged in them and there's a neat row of shoes all in a line higgledy piggledy and then there's like a water trough off to the side with lots of like muddy footprints at the bottom of it where the kids have obviously like washed their feet and the door slides open and you are hit by a wall of discordant noise (laughs) and then the scene ripples slightly and the most hilarious figure is standing at the center of the stage taller than any of the children lumpy and a bit misshapen is a show me the warrior (laughs) and there are little faces poking out of each of his knees (laughs) and one of those little faces is faraday's oh my god so shomu's literally three children in a trench coat three children in a shomu coat three children in a shomu coat and then there are more kids that have like sticks attached to his tail so they can make it move Wow. It's a pretty cool puppet. It's just adorable, which kind of undercuts the fact that it's Shomu the warrior going, <laughs> Perish, Ifet, evil queen. So Faraday had a very necessary role. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good, show. And you find yourselves watching this play. I have to say, Faraday, when you were a kid, when you were a kid, it felt much more slick than it was. <laughs> When you were a kid, you were like, yeah, we could work in the film industry. (laughs) And now that you're watching it, you're like, Tromu's eyes are tennis balls. (laughs) (laughs) The kids have like little tubes of red paint. And then whenever someone of them gets hit, they like squirt the tube of red paint in the air. It's kind of wild. So it's incredibly gory propaganda. Very gory propaganda. (laughs) And the whole thing is laying out the story of Shomu the Warrior and the battle, the War of Empires, which defined the trade galaxy in its early stage and ultimately led to the way things are now with the empire boarded off to one side and the trade galaxy kind of in stasis until a couple years ago when you guys came along and upset everything and turned everything on its head. And at the end, that's like the little, the very, like it's like a 25 minute play. It's not long. As it's wrapping up, the kids are all saying in time, and then Shomu ended the war so we could all be safe. And safety is important because that means we can continue to exist. Harry, who wrote this? Was this, was this a teacher thing? Oh, no. It's been around for like ever. It's one of like the classics. The play wraps up and the kids swarm off the stage at their parents and in the crowd you realize that rosemary and felicia are there um, faraday's mums younger <laughs> like a lot younger happy they pick her up and spin her around like felicia is just there like kissing faraday's curly hair they just they look happy other than the creepy propaganda faraday it's a good memory <laughs> you were proud of being the knee 
Which is why it's um, such a jolt, Faraday. Oh, no. (laughs) The setting around you shifts. Uh, You're still on board a spaceship. You can feel the distant hum of engines. Um, You can see space out of the window. You're in a medical ward. Mostly empty, except for two people. One of them is you. And the other is a man lying in a bed at the edge of life and death. And your younger self is staring at the side of his face. What do you do? This isn't gonna paint me in the best light, but I still stand by everything that I did. Faraday's saying this out loud. Yeah. The younger Faraday, it's almost like she hears you in a way. She looks up at you, Faraday, makes eye contact, and then very intentionally steps away from the bed and walks away even when the alarm starts to sound. And as she walks away, that window out on space, things reflect on windows. You see in that reflection yourself. She's just walking away, determinedly not looking anywhere but at her own feet. But in that window, as a reflection, you can see an antlered skull watching before it flickers and disappears, as does the rest of the scene. What do you do? Okay, so he was just not a very good person. Like, really, really bad. Am I supposed to feel guilt about it? I, I don't know. But I don't. And... Lorelei, I think what the staircase is showing us, I think it's a gift. That sounds weird. But showing you the tree and showing Crick, his brother. So no, the staircase is part of you. I don't think it would want to hurt us. But we're going to get you some cushions and shit because you're not staying yeah, here. Yeah, I mean, I can't sleep here. Are all the staircases only three feet wide? Some of them are bigger. It's fine. Schluck's got a really great place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll get, just go crush there. Yeah, we'll get, get back to that, get some cushions. So we're not going to talk about what we all just saw? I mean, I don't know who that was. I don't know why you made that decision. He is like, if the Lady Zenith was worse so he was a crime lord yeah pretty much but with no limitations at least the lady zenith is in one place and she has some morals i'm not saying she's a good person but she has morals and i don't see how that is any different to the other number of people that we've killed no i was oh sorry now you go ahead what was his name stephen redfern this isn't too important, but would Corel recognize the name? Yeah. I don't have a problem with what you did. As long as you feel that what you did was right, that's good enough for me. I just thought it's better to talk about what we all just saw than leave it hanging, was all. Yes, I mean, I assume you didn't get caught. No. Someone covered for me. Oh. Dr. Malcolm. It was Dr. Malcolm. Ah. <laughs> No, I know, Faraday. I really respect you for that. Thank you. 
there are there are you know times when people will put what's written down on paper or what's in some code as more important than what is just and you know it's it's something i respect to see people setting that aside to do what is just not that i haven't thought that way of you before i have i have <laughs> always that's why i say respect not newly found respect but yeah do you get what i mean i do and that's why i'm very lucky that you're my mentor the kind of vision of the sunfish disintegrates and you are back on the staircase um it seems to have stabilized a little bit now for most of you it's still this swirling mess but Lorelei, it's not quite so crumbled now it seems a little bit more stable like the quiet before a storm because that red light is looming overhead you have ascended a long way and your legs hurt and your spirits are confused and your senses are overwhelmed this realm is dizzying and strange and tangled and it connects to all of you just like time does and as you press on up the stairs you have possibly your strangest encounter yet you hear someone say i can't live here have you seen this place where am i going to sleep only it's not lorelei saying that because some 60, 70 feet away on another staircase is Teresial. <laughs> he looks young and a bit bemused. He's not wearing the red cloak that you've come to associate with him, but he is holding the trident kind of at arm's length like he's scared it's going to bite him. And following behind him silently hands folded together and a kind of amused look on his face is Kavoris <laughs> and Teresio kind of swings the trident around and Kavoris like holds his hands up like don't point that at me and Teresio goes I'm so sorry apologies I was just busy thinking about how I'm supposed to your realm has chairs have you seen this place You've never seen him speak or animate. You've only ever seen images of him or heard references to him. You've never heard him speak before. And he is snotty and uptight and almost hilariously, like, ticked off. I don't even have a bed. I don't physically need a bed, but it's the principle of it, Kavoris. Kavoris <laughs> is just like, calm down with his hands. And these two bickering figures are on a parallel staircase to you. And then Teresiel swings that trident down, cuts open a, a, a kind of ragged portal, and then goes through it. And Kavoris follows him. And that's the first time you kind of see Teresiel and Kavoris just interacting as people rather than just as like godly figures doing weird dangerous shit i know we've only just seen teresia but i love him <laughs> that's because it's just corral i know i love corral where am i going to sleep i'm starting to think anisa didn't mean it entirely as a compliment that i reminded her of him <laughs> <laughs> It's just a neutral comment. <laughs> oh, I think he's perfectly I charming. I mean, he's not wrong. 
There's nowhere to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to say, I haven't commented on it because I know how it is, but stairs aren't great for a pelter legs. You know? <laughs> but, like, that's the principle of it, is he's having the same complaints that you guys did about this realm, and it's just... It's uh, humanising and strange. And I think you're still disorientated... Sorry, disoriented, when another appelter appears on a staircase nearby you. Only this time... Oh, boy. <laughs> it's you. Uh, you're walking in a line... Of other Apelta like you were in that earlier glimpse. You're slightly bigger, maybe five or six. Still clipboard in hand, still books in hand at the back, kind of trying to do too much stuff. Everybody else is marching along with the bare minimum and Corel's Corel's just there like, what if I brought the library with me? That's just Duncan. (laughs) Every time we go on a car journey, he brings like two books. Yeah, what if you finish the first one? Well, exactly. This is why Duncan and Leonie <laughs> forgot- get along. I always so forget well. there are two of you. <laughs> <laughs> but, Corel, as you kind of see yourself trailing after that line of other workers, the staircase begins to change and reform. And I feel like you have a moment of, oh, for fuck's sake as it slowly forms the familiar kind of circular tunnels of the Namazu regulated new colony that you grew up in, not on Rava, on Amats, the single large moon of Zarel, the Namazu homeworld. And ahead of you, Corel, younger Corel, is following that line of a pelter into a classroom. Corel's getting a sense of how these things go, they... They follow after themselves. Time again is strange because when you get when you go through that door, you're already in like deep into the class, and you remember this class. You remember this lesson. For a second, you could have been in any day, any class, because a lot of them were very similar. You all had your set seat, your set desk. You had the same roster of Namazir teachers who would come and teach you while other Namazir watched you through the one-way glass at the side of your classroom. It was very regimented, your time, and I think it's only now that you've had a few years away from this life that it really strikes you how controlled it was and how there are no adult Apelta in the room with these Apelton children. And at the head of the class, the Namaza teacher gives all of the gathered little Apelta a severe look and then says, Now today's subject is very important. Is this our favourite, Professor Umatana? It may be. Yay! It's a younger Umatana. And he says, Can anybody remind me why we are talking about important, what, what important events we are talking about today? Corel's head goes up. And a younger you says, We're learning about the final events that led to the end of the War of Empires and the establishment of the Kanzir in the modern sense. And Umitana peers over his glasses and goes, Very good, Corel. Such a good student. Adult Corel is is beaming beaming slightly. (laughs) And Professor Umitana goes, now, there are um, several key players in the end of the War of Empires. We will cover the most important ones. Uh, they are 
Of course, the legendary Shomudo warrior, the Arch Queen, as she called herself, uh, Ifet, and the modern Arch Queen, Onaset. Anaset. Mm, pardon? Not Aniset. Aniset. Uh, thank, thank you, Gorella. Anaset, the uh, legendary Shomudo warrior, and the. Terrible uh, Arch Queen Ifet, the uh, the third Arch Queen. Uh, that's also not true, Corel. She Ifet was the second Arch Queen. Corel's head once again goes up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Corel. Second Arch Queen, not third. He stares at you <laughs> and then just goes, "Yes, uh, Umetano is uh, testing you." Uh, second arch queen, I, I fet. They are the most important players in the uh, end of the War of Empires. Corel, that's also not true. Oh no. Yeah. Once again, Corel isn't any more frustrated. They're just, you know, they just want to make sure everyone has the right information. So, yeah, they they put their hand up again. And Umatana tries valiantly to ignore you but a lot of the other repellent kids are kind of looking at you as you wiggle in your seat teacher <laughs> yes Corel. no there, there there were other factors in play the in, the internal suitor business Corel, that is uh controversial theory uh, there is not really much it's not theory I, I can cite primary sources if you wish Umatana pauses and looks at you and then his eyes slide to that one way glass window and he says primary sources will not be needed at this time Karel um, I appreciate your input but we will be continuing with uh Silent listening from now on. Corel sort of not really understanding, but also inclined to listen t to their teacher, just sort of just fidgeting slightly, just sort of settles back into their seat. Yes, teacher. And Aww. the class continues, except it changes around you and becomes blurry. And as you continue up the staircase, you can see like phantom shapes of other Apeltas scurrying through these tunnels, your whole regimented childhood described to you by the Namazir. And as you proceed, you see Ulial for a moment, like him and Umanhana standing together, heads bent. And you as a kid saw them standing together in a corridor and just didn't really pay attention. But you, the adult passing by, realize that Umatana is saying to Ulial, you need to be more careful. There's with what you tell them, they are, they are children, they don't know what they aren't supposed to know. And Uliol is like, but it's incorrect to tell them untruths about our history, even if it is the Empire. Uh, Kenzir does not like the Empire, Uliol. You have to understand, you are on very thin ice as it is. The Kenzir's charity, it can disappear, it can go away, Uliol. And then, where will you be? You and the children. And the scene changes yet again. Corel, the you standing near the staircase now, 
looks almost the same as you do. A few less scars, but otherwise almost entirely the same. And they look nervous, really nervous, like stomach flippingly anxious. And you can see that your slightly younger self is trying to like work up the nerve to call someone. And then your younger self calls Ulial. Corel, it is good to see you. I presume you are checking in before the commencement of your presence at the R&D gala tonight? Yes, 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 Ulial. Sir. Now be aware, the image of the new colony, it lies in your hands tonight. We need this win. We need them to like you. I know, I know. I've, I've been reviewing my cluing history. I'm going to make good impression there, I think. You can see Uliol flipping through some printouts, um, obviously trying to test you, and then she goes, A uh, last-minute uh, addition to the guest list. Uh, an Araswati here who is some kind of... VI technician, uh, Suresh. What if you encounter him tonight? Corel freezes for a moment. Well, um, I'm a xenoanthropologist. I'm not a, I'm not a, a scientist. I've never quite understood such things. Um, I was hoping to just, hopefully just go on pleasantries with him. <laughs> Does sound best. Current Corel is 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 cringing a little. <laughs> <laughs> That's honestly just wondering, like, who called me that? <laughs> and Uliel tests you on a few more names that you are really prepared for. That you're like, yeah, I know exactly what I'm doing. That's actually someone I'm targeting. Here's all my stuff. I know like the names of their friends and their families, so I can be really, really read up on this. I know where and they then... live. I know how to assassinate them. Wait, what? What? <laughs> And then he gets to the back page of his notes and he says, Oh, and uh, a few minor figures to be aware of. Um, we have, obviously, uh, Tasha Khalid, the human uh, ambassador. She has a bodyguard tonight. Uh, the higher sort of chap has a bit of a dodgy record. Uh, Mitchell Crick. My notation is that he's a loose cannon with a tragic backstory. <laughs> <laughs> Who is giving these reports? <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> the new colony's still figuring out espionage. <laughs> <laughs> and, but Mitchell's kind of standing there and he's listening to this and initially he's like like shocked. Like Then he goes, yeah, that's, that's, that's right. That's fair. They called me silly. Has had a direct altercation with the Empire, however, so potentially could be sympathetic or could be anti-Apelta entirely. Treat with caution. And, uh, is there anyone else on the list? Mm, ah, there are some medics coming along who are apparently residents of the Sunfish. I'm not quite sure why they have been permitted to attend. Perhaps, uh, they won a drawer of some kind. <laughs> One of these is, a uh, Pluin. Could be of interest. Nanu. And, uh, accompanying her, there may be a human woman, uh, Faraday Lewis. Quite the quiet sort. Seems 
to be in cahoots with a Dr. Liam Malcolm, a bit of a troublemaker on the galactic stage, but she seems clean enough. I mean, are we that interested in, in dealing with, 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 the, with the Terrans? I mean, frankly, they just don't seem particularly relevant to our long-term goals. I've heard they're quite prone to falling. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ulio claps. All right. I believe, Corel, you are prepared. Work well. I look forward to your report in the morning. And the call ends and you watch as your younger self takes a deep breath and then heads out of the door to go and meet the rest of the space squad. Corel's just looking around at the rest. (laughs) 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 My dad just dumped on all of you. (laughs) Yeah, while Lorelei sat there like, I was like a cook on a on a mercenary ship at this point. <laughs> I will meet you in two years and then my chaos begins. Corel, I'm honestly wondering who gave those descriptions? Silly and loose cannon with a tragic backstory. It's 100% accurate, so I don't, I mean, you know. Good intel. Good intel, but yeah. Spy network, top notch. A little bit harsh, but I mean, you know, it wasn't said to my face, so it's fine. Right, whose turn is it now? Just me, I'm the only one left. There's Lil Bean. Can't believe an Umitana, Umitana got a call back. I know. <laughs> of all people. We're going to see all of our favourite characters here. Umitana. <laughs> hey, yeah. we've got Ulyao. Who doesn't love Ulyao? Ulyao yeah. is good fun. This is true. Umitano, Suresh. Just two great people that everyone around this table loves. We're just missing one person. Dana. Mitchell! (laughs) I have arrived! Not as a phantom, I'm just here! (laughs) This place is kind of weird! What if I was God all along? (laughs) The tunnels of the first new colony delve melt away. Schlepp, Jahu has been shivering on Bugsy's back. Her eyes kind of distant and hollow and just a, a chill radiating off of her. There's like frost in Bugsy's fur. Uh, behind her, Bruno is a little bit less conked out now. He's like sitting up. Um, he looks kind of weak and a bit pale. But for the first time, Schlepp, Jahu speaks and she says to you, Schlepp? Oh, hi. Hi. Um... I'm sorry about um back there. No, no, it's it's understandable. It was a hell of a time. Just I froze up, and then she looks down at her frosty hands, and she goes, <laughs> literally, I guess. I'll yeah, I take Jahu hands and just kind of rub them a bit with my thumb. She looks down at your hands, and her expression is kind of stricken. I guess if we've been seeing visions of everyone's past. That you're the last one left? I guess so, but it's going to be pretty boring because I spent the first three years of my life in one room, basically. I guess I'm about to find out, but what was that like? Mm, lonely a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, Schlepp, do you ever... But she's cut off because... There is the clang of eight different keys on a piano being pressed all at once. (laughs) 
and suddenly the staircase is passing through a lab and you see Prisha sitting up on a high bench kind of fluttering her hands around the spaghetti metal sort of noodle limbs of the 20-sided AI core sitting on the bench next to her and she goes no, 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 uh, uh, LM3, that's, uh, that's not a chord, that's just a mess, okay? Follow me, we're gonna do these ones. And you see her take those noodly arms and limbs and kind of corral them into a sort of semblance of order and take those hands through a few chords on a holographic keyboard. And she nods and smiles and says, that's better, um, do you like that? And the little AI chord just kind of flops around its noodle limbs. <laughs> and she goes, no voice yet. How about if you like it, you press this one? And she goes, ting. And if you don't like it, you press this one. Ding. And the noodle arms kind of wriggle <laughs> and press the high one for yes. And she smiles and goes, okay. You understand me? And the little AI core presses ding and she goes, okay, okay. And is visibly getting excited. She's like, Aww. okay. And she jumps off the bench and is like, hmm, how, oh God, only yes or no questions. Have you been able to understand me for more than a week? And the AI core presses ding. And she goes, oh my gosh, you're so much further along than we thought you were. Have you been able to understand me for more than a month? And the AI core goes, ding. And she goes, oh, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Um, we can work on vocals for you. This is not going to work in the long run. Maybe I can, oh, Suresh is better with the language stuff, but I can hook you up the keyboard. And she goes to the keyboard and fiddles with it. And then suddenly the AI core presses a key and it goes, DICTIONARY! <laughs> <laughs> this is so embarrassing. My first words. <laughs> and she goes, Well, uh, it's something. Do you like it? And the little AI goes, <laughs> and she goes, I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> okay. Oh God, I've got so many questions. Do you, uh, LM3? And the little AI core suddenly rolls one of its hands down and presses a really low note, only because the keyboard's been changed, it just makes a car horn noise, like, and she goes, oh, uh, sorry. You don't, you don't like that? Okay, do you have a name? Dictionary! And the scene ripples and changes, Schlepp, but you remember that. You remember the chaos of Prisha trying to help your noodle hands write out what your name actually is because there's no Schlepp on the dictionary keyboard, on the DJ keyboard. So you remember that. You remember this precious, this precious evening where she finally heard you and realized that you were a person and that you were already so much further along than she or Suresh ever suspected. What you don't remember about this evening is what you see now, 
which is Suresh standing just outside the doorway with the door cracked, watching. And you see him just kind of do one little like, and then he shuts the door and walks away. And next to you, Jiahu says, how long ago was that? Um, That was about seven and a half years ago. Not that long. I suppose this is kind of a hard question, but what does it feel like to grow up fast? What does, it feel, what does it feel like to grow up slow? It's kind of hard to... It's like slowly having your mind settle into a state of awareness of the world and becoming more aware of your own actions and how they impact other people, feeling more able to take part in the world and more confident in yourself. You are so much more mature and collected than you were when I met you. And I think that you have grown up. However fast or slow you did it, you have done it. Well, I've certainly come far from the silly little sight, looking over (laughs) at Corel. That wasn't my report, to be clear. (laughs) Well, whatever growing up is, Craig's right. You've done it. Yeah. Shut up. Inexplicably, Jiahu is looking at you and her eyes are a bit watery. Oh, I, sque- I squeeze her hands again. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I can see it's probably not the case, but there's not the time to go into that. She looks up at the, the red glow and she says, I'm really sorry about the fact that I... And she looks around at the rest of you and she's like... Uh... Maybe we should um, just move forward a little bit and give these yeah. guys some space. I want to take a closer look at that light. The pustule. Yeah, the pustule. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, you, Let's go. Yeah, you Let's guys go. look at the pustule. What, what fine yet rustic architecture. <laughs> I'm really sorry that I didn't come back. I mean, by the sounds of it, you were doing something and then you got stuck somewhere, so... I don't know if stuck is the right word. I found out how to free myself. Yeah, you said. That's really good. Shlup, my spirit is tied to you. Think of me like a balloon. Okay. So if if I'm free, then I don't know if I get to be me anymore. Because I'm only me because I'm paused. I'm paused. No way to move forward, unless you... Yeah. Is there something you think you need to do? I don't know yet. With being in the Hall of Music and the Pantheon, I think I was running away from facing that answer. But you're here now, and you're grown up and you're a person and you really don't remember anything remember remember what Jiahu, i haven't been asking about a lot of things because i understand it causes you pain but clearly there is something going on here and i need to know something an inkling a crumb okay 
and she raises her little hands and you've seen her do this before like she'll her palms will glow and she'll summon her flute like the the object that she's tied to only this time it's not a flute that appears it's two wooden mallets one of them charred and she holds them very very tight for a moment like she can't bear to let them go and then she offers them to you um i'll i'll take them you don't feel anything they just feel like wooden mallets do i recognize these ones as the ones on one of the beads on my fancy yes you do yes you do the charred bead Mm. these used to belong to a spirit didn't they yes yes they did she's looking at you so earnestly can I try is there any way for me to try and get something out of this what do you want to try I don't know really like focus on the mallet and focus on the pick and focus on Diahu just kind of all together just like lend that all via the pick you get the barest phantom, like from Jahu is a Jahu is a vortex of grief and fragile hope and pain. The mallets have like a very faint phantom after image clinging to them, of fear and sorrow. If you're looking for memories, I'm afraid. I'm afraid all I can remember the first time I met you was on Azalea. She slumps in place and takes the mallets back. Look, I'm I'm sorry. That that's all I have. But I can tell you have a lot more. Can you can you talk about them? I I can talk about them. And slowly the two of you head up the stairs again towards the rest and she says Their name was Sing, and I loved them with all my heart, and we were spirits together in the Pantheon, and Alihula was our goddess, but she's cut off, or at least she lapses into, she like stutters and lapses into sudden silence, because Ahead of you, just beyond the rest, that red light has resolved into a doorway. A scarlet doorway. Its edges glitching in and out of existence. Threads of red light leeching into its surroundings like an infection across the skin. And she stares at it, her eyes reflecting the glow. And then she suddenly pushes past you, sprints up the staircase, and throws herself through it. Hey listeners, Paige here. I'd like to say a quick thank you to our cast. That's Leonie as Dr. Faraday Zenith Lewis, Shona as Schlurp, Elle as Captain Mitchell Crick, Duncan as Corell, and Jess as Lorelei Widewanderer. If you've enjoyed the show, consider leaving a review, recommending us to a friend, checking out our store, or becoming a supporter over on our Patreon. 
We're the indiest of indie productions and every little really does help. That's all from me. See you in three weeks in the Maelstrom Galaxy.